world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Proper elder care planning includes more than just the physical, emotional and social aspects of life. Like it or not, sooner or later, we're going to have to talk money. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise, Diane's special guest, elder care financial expert Colin Meeks, helps us navigate the choppy waters of our parents' money matters. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert, Diane Berardi. Of all the uncomfortable discussions we as adult children have to have with our aging parents, perhaps the most difficult are those surrounding finances. I guess that's because our parents come from a generation where things like that are not discussed. And try as we all might to avoid the issue, sooner or later, life is bound to force us into a position where we have to come face to face with the inevitable. And in my experience, that's usually when the fun begins. That's where this week's guest expert comes in. Colin Meeks is a certified financial planner who specializes in elder care finance. His Maryland-based practice helps families that are caring for an aging parent, as well as those who are raising a child with special needs, to plan for and protect their financial futures. Colin serves on the boards of Autism Society Baltimore Chesapeake, First Maryland Disability Trust, a nonprofit organization serving individuals with disabilities of all ages throughout Maryland, Kennedy Krieger Institute. Colin lives a stone's throw south of the Mason-Dixon line in the beautiful small town of Parkton, Maryland, with his wife of 17 years, Jennifer, two sons, Connor and Henry, and retired greyhound racer Rocco. <laughs> Welcome, Colin. Hey, great to be here, Diane. Thanks for having me. I, I love what you're doing, so I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. And I'm sure, I'm sure uh, our listeners are really interested in this because, as we know, um, I think when uh, adults were were polled. 54% admitted they'd rather talk to their kids about sex than their parents about money. So, so <laughs> I've not heard that, but I certainly believe it. <laughs> I so I guess um, where we can start is, uh, could you tell us what a certified financial planner is? Uh, so basically the way I explain that to folks, it's, the, it's a designation for folks that are committed to the financial planning uh, profession. So um, a CPA is certified public accountant. You would go to an accountant that has their CPA. Certified financial planner has taken um, coursework and keeps up their license as far as uh, what's going on in the world of finances to sort of be able to better serve their clients. Now, you specialize, one of your specialties is elder care financial planning. So could you tell us, um, I guess, what that involves? You know, do, do you usually get calls from 
uh, I guess, children of aging parents or? Yeah, so I just, I mean, we get calls from our, our practice serves uh, a lot of um, baby boomer type clients in their own financial planning. Mm-hmm. And um, over the last 15 to 20 years of doing that, um, it's just sort of morphed into, um, you know, hey, mom and dad are getting up there in age and uh, they need a little help managing their their finances, their insurance, their um, you know, anything having to do with their financial planning. So we get a lot of, um, a lot of interest in that way. And then also from the networks of attorneys and accountants and just being around for so long, people sort of know what we do. And, um, you know, the attorneys can do certain portions of it and the accountants can do other certain portions. But when it comes to tying it all together and making sure that, um, everything is being looked out for, um, we're asked to come in and sort of, uh, be the point person in that regard. Okay. And I guess you look at, obviously, you know, people's investments and, you know, money and, and resources and different things. And then um, I, I guess, do you say to, you know, encourage people to get uh, powers of attorneys or? Um, yeah, we do. And, and I, uh, we're not attorneys. I mean, nobody in my office is an attorney. We actually uh, we will refer that business out. So we're, um, you know, as a team. When we meet with somebody, you know, we want to make sure that they have their legal documents up to date. And if they're not, we'll refer them to an attorney. And we want to make sure if they have a trust um, and uh, or if they have certain or if they have investments, we want to make sure their beneficiaries are up to date. And if they have insurances, are there, you know, is it the right coverage? And, and that could be anything from long term care insurance right. to health insurance to life insurance to, you know, any any type of insurance that they've accumulated over their lifetime. And uh, what we find a lot of times and they might even be working with three or four other uh, advisors, maybe their bank, maybe an insurance agent. Um, so you can imagine that, you know, at, at, yeah. even at my age at 46, I mean, I've worked with a, a lot of people and, um, you know, when you, when you get older, you sort of, you sort of accumulate all these different things, you know, money wise, we call it their junk drawer financial planning. <laughs> um, you know, we'll look in there and they've got all kinds of things and they just sort of need somebody like us to help sort it out. So we're not necessarily, um, looking to, um, you know, we we try to do it on a fee-based plan so okay. that we're not trying to get them to buy a commission-based product or, you know, having to, to upset anything they've already done. But we want to get a high-level view of it to make sure that, you know, like I just said, you know, like I said, the beneficiaries are all done and everything's just sort of in order. Right. Okay. Now, people will always say, you know, children will always say, you know, my parents are very private about their money. You know, they mm-hmm. it's a different generation. And growing up, you know, we never talked about it. So can you suggest ways for them to, you know, open up, start the conversation? It, that's a tough one. Um, and, and full disclosure, while we're, while we're recording here, my retired Greyhound racer just walked into the room. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but it is, it's hard to get folks to open up. Um, I mean, I know my relationship with my parents, I mean, if I didn't do what I did, it would be really a weird conversation <laughs> to sit around the table and talk about, you know, I've got this fund or I've got this insurance policy or whatever. So there really is, you know, the time to do it is, is way ahead of time. And I know that's easier said than done, but we do what we call a lot of, um, I would call crisis planning where, right. you know, mom or dad is, they're sitting in a nursing home and what do we do now? Well, you know, a lot of times they can't talk about their money at that point because they may not be able to. So, um, you know, it's just sort of tough to get people to do it ahead of time. But any any little opening you can see, you know, 
Um, we have different checklists and things on our website to sort of try to prompt that conversation. And like you said, I mean, they'd rather talk about sex than money. I mean, it's just <laughs> amazing to me. Interesting, but, uh, but more interesting. But, <laughs> yes, no, you're right. <laughs> I'd rather talk about money myself but <laughs> with my parents anyway. But, um, yeah, so it's it's a hard conversation to get into, and it's it's uncomfortable at times. And, you know, if you have three or four siblings, you know, not everybody's going to be on the same page and at the same stage of their life. And, you know, it, it can be a mess. And, that, you know, our job is to sort of step in and try to, um, you know, get people out of that, that, you know, that family dynamic and make it more of a business dynamic. And that sort of helps things. Sometimes I say, to, I'll say to people, you know, Sometimes a good opener is the news, you know, what's going on in the news, if you can bring up something financial. And right. I, I, I tell people and then say, geez, you know, Dad, what, would you, what do you think? What do you do in this situation? Or, you know, or my financial planner wants me to do this. What do you think about that? I don't know. Sometimes, you know, little things maybe will help open it up. But I, <clears throat> I always encourage people, and it is a tough thing, but, you know, if we – we are uncomfortable and silent, but you and you must see it as well as I do that what happens is if we don't talk about it, a lot of families are paying out of pocket for nursing homes or, you know, they're forced to make decisions in an emergency for long term care. So, yeah, it, the, the, right. The crisis. Yeah. I mean, the crisis. I mean, we always tell people you can either do one of two ways. You can pre plan, which makes sort of keeps a lot of your options open. And if you do crisis planning, I mean, that basically takes all your options off the table and you're just sort of holding on for dear life at that point. I mean, there's there's things that you can do, but there might not be the things that you would want to do. But, you know, since you didn't do the things that way ahead of time, it's right. that's all you got. So it's kind of a vicious, uh, a vicious circle. Now, I, I'll have people say, oh, well, my parents have told me they've already done these things and they don't need to do it again. So. Mm -hmm. What how, what can we, what can we do to kind of figure out the pieces? Yeah, and that you know that's a that's a tough one because they can say you know they got they have their wills they have a financial advisor they have their banker they've got uh, their accountant they've got their attorney and um, I mean nine times out of ten we'll sit down and look at somebody's entire picture and because we're not pushing a product we're actually you know we're charging them a fee to do a service we're able to get a better view of it as opposed to um, somebody trying to sell them an insurance policy or a particular investment. And what I mean by that is, you know, they could have, uh, you know, say they have a trust document that, you know, they have, um, you know, a perfect trust document set up, but they've never taken the time to put things into the trust or their will says one thing and the beneficiary designations on all their other accounts says another thing. Um, so you can have great, you can have the best attorney in the world and the best banker in the world and the best insurance agent in the world. But if all three of those people aren't talking to each other and knowing what's going on, right. then it doesn't matter how great the documents are, or how great your investments are, because it might not be the way that you think that you set it up. Could you tell us a little bit about trust? You know, um, a um, little bit, because since I'm not an attorney, okay. we don't draft them. It's not my expertise, but very simply, you can think of, you know, this was explained to me by one of the attorneys we use. Um, you can just think of a trust as an empty box, and it really all depends on what you put into that box. That's okay. We'll continue this conversation when we get back from the break. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. 
She was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day, she was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The opinions voiced on this program are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments might be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and on demand using the iHeartRadio app. So we're back with Colin Meeks, certified financial planner. And uh, Colin, you were just explaining a little about a trust. Yes. I got uh, heard music, so I knew it was over. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, trust is a, you can think of it as an empty box, and it really all depends on what you put into the box and who you allow who you allow to take stuff out of the box. Um, it can be uh, very rigid, it can be very flexible, but it's a it's a really good. A lot of times, it's a good estate planning tool that people use to accomplish certain things. So without getting into too much legal detail, right. I hate to give a roundabout answer, but that's about as good as I can do. No, that's fine. Um, now, let's say we, uh, you know, our parents, we don't know anything about their financial situation, and yes, we, we talk to them, and we can get them to um, make an appointment with a certified financial planner. First, mm-hmm. how, how do we know where to go? Who, who, how do we go about finding a, a, a certified financial planner? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, we're all over the place. It's pretty easy. Um, you could either look on your, uh, there's a CFD website, which is, um, that lists everybody that has the certified financial planning designation. So, um, you can just go on the Google and type in, you know, find a CFP and you put in your zip code and it will tell you. Um, you want to be careful though. You want to make sure that it's somebody that, 
um, focuses on what it is you're doing and what, you know, it could, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're younger and you're trying to figure out how much life insurance and how, how to save for your kid's college and do certain things like that, you, you'd want to use one type. But if you're, you know, your parents are getting older and you want to make sure that, you know, you take care of them in that respect, you want to make sure you find somebody that has experience in elder care planning. So, um, but so that's one way. And then you can just ask for, you know, ask for referrals, somebody in your family, if they have somebody they're comfortable working with, um, you know, so it's pretty, pretty easy to find um, one. It's just a matter of making sure that your personalities match and they're offering the services that you're looking for. Okay. And now what if um, a parent is already in a nursing home? Could, can you still help, you know, and we're not sure what, what they've done. Or... Right. It's, that's the crisis planning, and that's like the deer in the headlights look right. that we get from kids that come into our office with, you know, boxes of paper, and we're trying to figure out what's good, what's still around, what, you know, how to, right. how to put our arms around all this stuff and try to come up with some sort of plan where, you know, they're not going to blow through. I mean, in our area, nursing homes around $15,000 a month, so, um, and that's pretty <laughs> pretty standard for the east coast of, of the united states and then you know depending on where you are so we're you know we're trying to find you know and there are a couple of things they can do they're not they might not like i said before they might not be the things that they'd want to do or had they you know thought about it a few years ahead of time but you can't beat yourself up over it at that point you've got to do what you have available to you and there are some certain products um, annuity products there's legal planning you can use there's you know a whole slew of things that you know if they're appropriate um, we will bring those to the forefront and let families know that they're available Okay. And your uh, second area of expertise is um, special needs financial planning. Um, I know m- many uh, families have special, a special needs child. And, you know, I-, I had a client for many years, we took care of um, the husband, and then he passed away, and we, we took care of the wife, and they had, um, I, I think, like eight children, and one was a special needs child, and no one thought, no one ever thought, geez, the parents might die, what what happens, you know, so um, this is probably more common than we think. Right, and I mean, there's no might about it, <laughs> we're all gonna, we're all going, right. <laughs> just no matter when, I mean, it's pretty... 100% certainly we're all going to die. So um, the special needs planning part of it is um, something we added a couple of years ago. And really what, what that adds to it is you're actually having to plan for two lifetimes as opposed to just one. Um, so we deal a lot with people that are, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old that have a child, has a has a, uh, a grown child with, you know, something that will not allow them to live on their own and they'll need help. And, you know, as opposed to just, you know, worrying about what's going to happen when mom and dad die, now we have to worry about, you know, not only that, but where is the money going to go in the best place for right. to take care of the, the child with special needs? And that's where a really a, a good attorney can come in and do some good legal document planning. And then we can come in and, and sort of do our thing and wrap it all together to make sure that, yeah, everything is um, to the best of their resources. Um, we can try to help them take care of all of their goals or as many as we can um, by by using the planning tools that we have available. So, you know, special needs planning is something that's um, you know, when you take something like autism, one in every 40 children now born are diagnosed. I think the, the statistic is somewhere around there with, with autism. I mean, that's just one out of hundreds of different disabilities. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I know. I find also um, if you have, you know, two parents that are living and one 
is taking care of the other and the other and the one parent has maybe dementia or alzheimer's and everyone is focused on okay this particular parent's care and needs and they don't kind of think about what happens if the caregiver the other parent something happens to you know they plan yeah. for the one that's sick do you find that um caregiver burnout is, is a huge i mean we can't you know there's no financial solution right. to it but it's something that absolutely needs to be um kept on the forefront i mean when i deal with i just had a uh, lady that i'm dealing with now her husband she took care of him for about the past two years um he passed away and it's like she like a whole thing of relief was lifted off her shoulders. Not that she's, you know, happy that he passed away, right. but like she, she, I mean, it's a 36 hour day for people when they're doing that. I mean, it's, you know, there's, they're, they're working, running nonstop and it just doesn't stop. Right. Right. You know, and I think that they don't think about something could happen to me, you know? Right. I, yep. It's easy to get lost in what you're, you know, your own situation. And from an outsider, everybody's like, Oh, she's handling it so well, look at everything she's doing. But you know, she's getting sitting there crying for two or three hours a night because she can't hold it together and nobody sees that. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's where, I mean, you know, our, our part of our part of it, the financial planning, I mean, we can, we can show people ways to, you know, access funds and provide financial solutions. And that doesn't take away any of that other stuff, but what the biggest stressor is in most people's lives is most, in most people's lives is money. Yeah. And if they take that, if we are able to, take that stressor out or reduce it as much as possible, that then allows them to provide the best care for their loved one and do all the other things that, that need to be done without having to worry about money. That You're right, because there's so much stress going on, and money is a, an added stressor, but it's very real. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, if you're shopping out rates for home care people, I mean, that's... <laughs> because you're trying to save a few dollars. I mean, that's, you know, it might not be getting the best care for your loved one, right. but if that's what needs to be done, that's what needs to be done. If you don't have to, you know, if money's no object, which for very few people, that that's is. the case, but, um, you know, we can try to do whatever it is. We, we, you know, use all of our resources and expertise to try to help people, um, get, uh, maybe a little better handle on things. Long-term care insurance. Do you mm -hmm. feel that's, um, a good a good thing to in this day and age long-term care it's it is a good thing for the right person um, okay. obviously you know i started selling long-term care insurance in 1994 okay. times are way different now rates are way different yeah. now uh facilities are a lot more expensive um, most companies that were in the business then are not so you really need to do a good hard look at a whole picture and then decide is the insurance the right thing and you know, unless, you know, from what I see, unless you're buying it in your, you know, 50s and early 60s, um, it can get, you know, it is very expensive and yeah. health wise, you might not qualify. So it's something that, you know, you're, we're, we're actually showing it to our baby boomer clients, you know, the younger ones. Um, but for their parents, you know, a lot of times it's just off the table because of health reasons or money reasons. Yeah. You know, I, I run into clients, not as much anymore, though, you know, with with long term care policies. But, yeah, I think it got to a point where they're just, you know, financially, they're just so expensive. Right. I mean, I love it when I meet with new clients and they say, hey, you know, we get them to bring in their whole financial stuff. And when they put a long term care policy on the table in front of me, I'm like, this is great because <laughs> this now frees up a lot of other things that we'd have to worry about it. 
um, or you know take some of the burden off. So it's really love it when people have it. It's not so easy to convince them that they need it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I guess where do we be, where does someone begin? Um, they find a financial planner, and what do they bring with them? I guess their yeah, whole shoebox. I mean, of- <laughs> I, I tell people to start where they are. I mean, you can't really do much. You know, you're in the situation you're in, so you have to start with what you have. And we have a whole checklist that we send out to clients. And we used to do a questionnaire, and people would just call us and say they're not coming in because they don't feel like filling out a questionnaire. <laughs> so we just say, bring it all in, and we'll sort through it for them. So we look at tax returns and insurance policies and investment statements and you know their, their legal documents and everything, but. And, and, you know, I would urge people to do the research on the planner they're working with. And, and we're big on the fee-based type stuff. So, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to sell product. We'd rather charge somebody a fee, give them our advice and give them expertise so that, you know, they're not sitting there wondering when's the other shoe going to drop? Why, you know, is there a product yeah. sale coming at the end of this? You know, we want to you know, meet with them the first time, do all our questioning. And then the second time around, we'll, you know, write up a little summary and recommendations. And then if they're interested in doing a full plan, um, we'll quote them a fee for that. So, um, you know, and you could find it, you can find a planner to do that anywhere from, I mean, I've seen it as low as $500 and I've seen it as high as 5,000. So, wow, you know, that's okay. sort of a range. So, I mean, we're, we're sort of somewhere about halfway in there, but the amount of work that we put into it and the amount of, um, uh, uh, deliverable kind of information that we give, um, is, uh, for us, we seem like it's, we pretty sure it's a good deal for people. And financial planning, that's sometimes we don't think about, but it's a dynamic process, right? It evolves, it shifts, things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, people that a lot of times people say, well, I have a financial planner. Well, it's really somebody that's all they're doing is managing the the investments, which is necessary. But, you know, they're not looking at all the other things. So we might, you know, we're more than willing to work with other people's advisors and, you know, their whole team if they want us involved. So, I mean, it's, you know, it is dynamic, though it's, you know, every time the tax law changes, it's, you know, we got to update something. Every time the estate planning laws change, we, you know, we update something. Medicaid laws change, we update something. So, you know, it is, it is very uh, fluid. Is there such a thing, I guess, as Medicaid planning? There is, yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, it's done mainly by attorneys and okay. it's just, it's the process of, you know, taking your assets and putting in them in places where under Medicaid laws, um, you meet certain requirements where, um, they are your assets are in places where you would then qualify for Medicaid for long-term care. It's not easy to do. They've changed. Uh, they've made it more strict over the years, but yeah. it is still sort of a little loophole um, that you know there's attorneys that have they built their whole practice on. That's what they do, and and you know we sort of work in um, tandem with them a lot of times in trying to get it done. Okay, well, Colin, um, how can people get a hold of you? Um, best place is the website. So we're in Maryland, MarylandFinancialAdvocates.com. Um, we've got clients all over the country, so we do um, not just work in Maryland, but that's the best place to do. Perfect. Perfect. So that's MarylandFinancialAdvocates.com. That's right. Yep. And uh, we got a lot of great resources. You can hop on there now and download all of our all our stuff. We don't want your name or email or anything. You can just go in there and grab it and take it and use it for whatever you need. Perfect. I hope this episode helped you with something you may be dealing with at this moment. Please keep emailing your questions and comments and share as much detail as you can. Because listeners just like you come here each week for insight and inspiration. And your story can also help someone else. Please email me at diane at parentsarehardtoraise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. If you found something helpful in this episode, 
Subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. And I'd be so grateful if you'd share this episode with your family, coworkers, and friends. Episode number 65. Parents are Hard to Raise is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to reading your comments and can't wait till we meet up again on the next episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Till then, may you forget everything you don't want to remember and remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week. Mm-hmm.